Guys, welcome back into the Corked Up Podcast, version two, with Jack Savio and Frank Neris. Uh, episode two, that's what we're calling it, because uh, we've we've been on a hiatus for a while. Came back last week, just in time for the NFL season to start. Uh, but we are officially into week one right now, as of recording this. Uh, Thursday night football uh, just happened. So uh, we'll talk a little of that. Uh, we'll get into uh, our game picks for this week. Uh, who you can take to the bank because me and Frank are never wrong. Um, absolutely not at all. And then we'll we'll talk a little Bears, obviously, uh, being a Chicago sports podcast slash YouTube channel. Uh, so, Frank, first of all, before we get into things, how you doing, man? I'm doing good, man. I'm glad we're back in the swing of things. I think this episode, this episode will feel more comfortable. It's been so long yeah. since the last one. I think we knocked all the rust off, though. How are you? Uh, still blue. I don't know why it's so blue, but I, I got a lot of feedback from that. But it is what it is. I, I don't know. I look like Mister Freeze, like from the old Batman movie. Wonka, when the yeah. when she eats the blueberry and turns into a big blueberry. And I'm comfortable with that. I'm fine. I'm fine with that. Um, but no, I think we should start things off, like I said, with Thursday night football. Uh, as you guys probably saw on Twitter from the official uh, Corked Up Podcast Twitter, uh, that I took the Chiefs. Frank took the Texans. Um, Frank just looked real dumb. And uh, let's just start right there, Frank. Um, I know you felt good after quarter one, but uh, how about after that? Yeah, it felt bad. Well, no, th- this was this was the thing. I picked um, I picked the upset just because I thought David Johnson and he, for all accounts and purposes, looked really good. But I thought he'd have one of those games, like probably the only one of the year, that's like, oh my god, David Johnson's back, two hundred and fifty total, not literally, but something like that, like two hundred fifty yards from scrimmage four touchdowns, this, and then, like, he doesn't do anything. Like, almost like the Sammy Watkins game of the year. Yeah. Uh, he has one a year, and then that's it. And then the Chiefs would just go on to ascend to win the next 15 games, win the Super Bowl, and the Texans are, like, middling the rest of the year. I thought it would be one of those things. Like, they come out of the gate firing, uh, and it just didn't happen. So, um, well, to, to a degree, I think uh, – I was. I think everyone was impressed by how David Johnson played. I don't think a lot of people really expected him to – uh, perform the way that he did. I will say that the graphic that they showed uh, during Sunday night, when or Thursday night, excuse me, um, was the one where it was like in 2016 he played 16 games and he had you know 2,000 per like scrimmage yards and and all these touchdowns and then they showed it to the last three seasons where it was like the exact same total. I thought that was pretty striking. And uh, if the Texans plan, if their plan is to to win through David Johnson. I think you're going to see what you saw last night and the offense is just going to struggle. Um, I don't think the chiefs defense is, is a world beating defense by any means. They were a little more versatile than I thought they would be. Uh, but I wasn't blown away, but it just looked like, Oh, I don't know. The Texans really missed having a wide receiver one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Frank, what were your thoughts on, on the Texans offense without Deandre Hopkins and maybe just Deshaun Watson, how he played without him? I mean, you, when you take away DeAndre Hopkins from a quarterback like Deshaun Watson, you're taking away kind of what he does best. And that's, you know, um, make the plays a little bit longer, play a little bit of backyard football, and be able to allow DeAndre Hopkins to get a little bit further downfield to create even more separation or even throw it up for the jump ball. Um, as we saw, Deshaun Watson still was a very good quarterback, if not great quarterback, at just the quick releases, the quick reads, the one-two you know, but it just, I just feel like that's what made that offense. It, it, it took that offense to the next level when it clicked, when he was able to, you know, look off a couple of reads or if Hopkins wouldn't open right away, just start scrambling, 
and make the throw a little bit later. And without that, the offense looked super, super bland. And like one of the commentators, I forgot who who it was, but they kind of hit it on in the fourth quarter. They were like, look, they diversified the attack. They hit Willard a couple times, uh, Fuller a couple times. They tried to go to Stills. They tried to go to Cobb. It just didn't work. Like it, it's not, you know what I mean? The offense just looked bland that way. And and I just like you said, without Hop, it may look like that the whole year. Yeah, I mean, diversifying targets is, is great when everyone is in the Chiefs offense and yeah. you have a quarterback who can get the ball all across the field and he obviously has a good rapport with all of his targets. But Deshaun Watson just looks so uncomfortable with really just forcing the ball to Will Fuller, I, I thought, a lot of times because on the depth chart, at least, I think Will Fuller is the clear number one and I think he's going to have a big season uh, if he can stay healthy. But I think there's the key issue is Will Fuller has improved that he can stay healthy now that he is the the targeted number one uh, defenses are going to play him differently and they're going to go after him and, and, you know, try and take him out of games. And I don't know where Deshaun Watson goes with the ball after that. I mean, Kenny Stills, is, he's, he's fine. Randall Cobb is fine, but they did a lot of their damage in the fourth quarter when the chiefs were just running prevent defense, trying to run out the clock. Um, and speaking of which, I, I hate prevent defense so much because it's just like you're letting teams back into games. Like the, the Texans had a, not a legit shot, but they started getting back into it. And you're, a couple plays go their way and, and maybe they, you know, they have an opportunity. Um, but let's flip things over to the Chiefs, uh, Frank. And I thought the Chiefs, it looked like they just picked up from the Super Bowl and just played the very next week. Like they looked on target. Um, I, you know, if, if DeMarcus Robinson catches that touchdown in the first quarter, you know, the first series, the, the chiefs explode and, and they go all, you know, and they just run away with the thing. Um, they ended up being able to do that a little bit later on, but I mean, they didn't skip a beat and now adding in our, our rookie running back that looks real good. Um, what were some of the takeaways for the chiefs? And, and do you think they're the clear cut favorites to win again? I mean, I think they have to be right, especially with the uh, the COVID shutdown and the quarantining with no preseason and, and you know, very limited, um, you know, uh, training camp reps. I mean, this there was it's nothing but continuity with this team outside of adding in a better running back. Um, and I think with that, how can you how can you not have them as the favorite barring any sort of injury? And, and really, I think my biggest takeaway was just this team if they all can stay, well, not all, if, if Patrick Mahomes can stay healthy, this team is going to get taken for granted for years to come because I was, and I'm like already victim of it. Like I was watching and I'm like, man, like, you know, just 300 yards, three touchdowns, no picks. And I'm like, Oh, you know, pretty standard. Like that's not, that shouldn't be a stand, but for Patrick Mahomes, it absolutely like what I'm just trying to think in my mind, like what is going to blow us away with Patrick Mahomes. And the answer is nothing. Cause he's so good that nothing surprises you. I mean, it's, it's like a prime yeah. Aaron Rodgers. When he would go off for a game, you're just like, Oh, it's just Aaron, Aaron Rod. And you like, you take for granted, like the greatness of what you're actually watching. And, and yeah, I mean, they are, they are phenomenal. And, and they even looked rusty too. That was like the scary part is like, they looked like they had just probably like every team will for the first couple of weeks, but they were still just firing on all cylinders. And it's, yeah. uh, I mean, they are going to be fun to watch if they can stay healthy. What did uh, what did you take away from it? Yeah, I mean, he's he's definitely entered that realm of of superstardom, like the old you know Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, like mid two thousands, where they're just like, oh yeah, you know, three hundred yards, four touchdowns, okay, 
why didn't they throw more? It's like that type of thing where you're like, well, what do you mean Pat Mahomes only threw for 200 yards and three touchdowns? Like, what was wrong with him? That, you know, what happened? Someone must have got hurt, right? <laughs> no, it's just like, you're, you're absolutely right. He, he's hit that peak where you just expect it at this point. And I don't think, you know, I, you and I talk a lot about the Bears and, and you know, are, are they going to be better and who's going to be quarterback and, and you know, is is who's going to be the playmakers on offense? And it's like, at some point, you just have to stop, take a pause, and and take a second and say, "The fuck's the point?" Like, like honestly, like, do we really think that they're going to match up with the Chiefs in the Super Bowl? Like, no. Like, I, I think it's pretty clear that as long as this team stays healthy, um, I think the Chiefs are just set up to have a major run this year, and I don't really expect anything to change. Um, I mean, if the Texans are going to be one of the best teams in the league, and and we saw what the Chiefs did to them without having any preseason other than just practices, like what, what I'm not saying they're going to go 17 and 0, of course not. But I mean, in the Super Bowl in the playoffs, how are the chiefs not the favorite every single week? You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, in this, you know, Patrick Mahomes just, you know, honing in on him. That's the difference between even like a great quarterback to a good one and a good one to a mediocre one It's like, you're kind of always waiting for the ball to drop, right? Like when are defenses going to adjust? When are they going to do Defenses are doing everything that they can to disguise coverages, to, you know, to double certain people, to try and give Patrick Mahomes new looks. And it doesn't matter because he can recognize things in real time. And that's what separates the great players from, well, the great quarterbacks, I should say, from anything else. It doesn't matter what you throw at him. And you may confuse him for a play or two, but all in all, as things go on and he's able to recognize things, he's just going to make the adjustments mid-game or from game to game or whatever. Whereas, you know, average quarterbacks need su- superior play calling, like a Jared Goff, even to a point probably a Mitch Trubisky, who maybe is probably lower than Jared Goff in that totem pole. But, like, that's what separates it, is that it didn't matter what you throw in front of him. He knows what he's seen. You know yeah. what I mean? And he can decipher it. Well, and speaking of, of Mitch Trubisky, I, I, had a, I had a moment of revelation yesterday that I think I hit the point of acceptance, Frank, where I just – I finally accepted it where it's just, okay – I think it's time to move on for, for Bears fans. I know we probably never will. And, you know, there'll always be that joke that the, the Bears will always be a joke for not taking two of the best quarterbacks uh, in league history, at least in terms of contract wise, right? Like you'll never be able to live that down. They'll always have made that mistake, but I, I've come to accept that it is the way it is. And we just got to move on. You know, I, I yeah. And I don't want to get I don't want to get into the whole I mean because we've had this conversation not just me and you as Bears fans a million times but it's yeah. like it's such a hindsight thing he was right. the QB one out of that draft like when you look back at every other draft grade like people were you know going nuts that the Chiefs moved up that far to get an unproven only arm talents like air raid offense college guy and it just worked out because the Chiefs knew what you know knew what they saw and they liked what they saw but. Had he not been there, they may have moved up to take Mitch in that spot too. Like Mitch was the guy out of that draft. He just didn't pan. I mean, that's what happens sometimes. People yeah. who are, you know, are talented in college just don't pan out. And that's why you just got to wait till they play to see what's going on. Yeah. And I think, I think on that note, let's, uh, let's just stick with the bears here. Thursday night. I think most of all, if more than anything, it was just nice to have football back. And I, I feel like more so than, than basketball and, and hockey and, and baseball, even I, I felt there was more familiarity with having football back. I don't know what it was. 
it definitely wasn't having fans in the stadium. I, I, I don't really care about that, but there was just yeah. kind of like a sense of security, if you will, that like, okay, all right, we're playing football again. Like it feels, it felt good. Um, how, how did you feel watching? And then we'll kind of move on here. I'm just well, curious. Yeah, no, I, I, I felt the same way. I think football just feels like so much more of a moment in the moment. Yeah. Or like every, because every game matters, all 16 games, all 17 weeks, every playoff game. And it's like, you know, you look at like basketball or baseball, you know, LeBron loses game one. Who fucking cares? He's going to win the next four. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Like it, it's not that football. Every single game is just a moment, and like to have yeah. that felt good. I will say too, what kind of fucking weirdos boo unity? I mean, what is good? Like people continue to move this goalpost. Like at this point, just say that you're racist, so we can just all move on and 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 like get you slowly continue to get you out of society. I, well, that, I mean, that was that was the key moment for me uh, last night. Was the two teams you know, unifying midfield, you got the two highest paid quarterbacks in the history of the game linked arm in arm, the entire team's just, you know, standing together and then fans are booing. And then the next cut that NBC decides to do is show fans white, a bunch of white people doing a tomahawk chop. And it's just like, that was really striking to me. And, you know, NBC had a, had a bunch of opportunities to, to really say something powerful, you know, Al Michaels, Chris Collinsworth, everyone loves those two as, as commentators, but I think they really missed the mark yesterday. And, you know, a lot of it was kind of like, yeah, you know, I, I, I respect what they're doing, but uh, you know, let's get back to football. Let, let's, let's get back to work here. And it's like, ah, that's just, and it just misses the mark. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, yeah. and it made me question why the NFL, like, the NFL is allowing the players to have those, you know, the the four, it's like four certain decals on the back of their helmet, you know, of, of statements to, to support the Black Lives Matter movement. And they kind of contradict themselves by allowing fans in that they know are probably going to boo because that's just what people who go to football games still do. Uh, <laughs> I It's just a little confusing, but... I don't know, Frank. It's just we're living in a weird time, and it's just really disappointing. But you know, hopefully we get back on track here. But uh, speaking of getting back on track, let's 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 talk about some game picks. Let's talk about Week One because it's coming up here in a couple days. I couldn't be more excited. Um, let's start with, of course, the Bears at Lions. Uh, Frank, I'm not gonna. It's not gonna be a surprise. I think I know where you're going with this pick as well. Uh, Bears over Lions. Is that correct? Yeah. Yep. Before we jump into that, um, I think we should start with the overall narrative of the Bears, and then we'll kind of focus in specifically on week one. Um, I am blown away by how many so-called experts uh, have picked the Bears to finish last, but not just finish last, finish at 3-13. and 13. I just, I don't get it. I, I don't get it. I, I need you to explain it to me, Frank. No, it's something that I've seen quite a bit as well, and... Well, like last year or going into last year, we didn't, you know, I don't know if we didn't buy the talk of regression because that's always a thing. So I wouldn't, you know, absolutely surprised by the Bears, you know, being the, the average team that they were at eight and eight. But it's like that was kind of the not necessarily the record, but the way they looked was kind of the floor to me. And if you can win eight wins, if you can get eight wins as with your floor, 
It's like, how the fuck do you think they're only going to win three games? Like, I think everyone in the industry can agree that this is an elite defense. We've seen much worse offenses in Chicago win more than three games with an elite defense, right? It's like, this isn't new to us. Like, this is kind of who the Bears have been our whole life is is an elite defense and an average at very best offense. And I just don't, I don't see three wins. Now, if we're talking fourth place, I would I would be okay with it if you if you think like the Lions are going to make some absurdly <laughs> right yeah. because then you're like oh because I think realistically you can absolutely make a case for Green Bay and Minnesota being better than Chicago I'm here for, I mean it's it's you know you can make the case the other way too that the Bears maybe have a better year than them or whatever but those two I'll leave alone you're telling me you think that much highly of Detroit after what we saw last year to to the Bears at the Bears floor. And granted, I know the Lions had injuries and whatnot, but that has been that has been very, very surprising to me. Well, and that's the thing. I mean, people who make the argument that the Lions are going to be so much, not so much better than the Bears, but better, where they say, oh, well, you know, they had injuries last year. Uh, yeah, so did the Bears. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, Mitch Trubisky missed a few games. I don't know if you noticed. And he was playing hurt the rest of the year. That was made pretty clear. Uh, Akeem Hicks being gone was a huge blow to that defense. And if you don't agree, you're insane. Yeah, exactly. It's it's crazy to say that, oh, well, the Lions will be better because they had players hurt last year. Okay, what's your argument against the Bears? Oh, well, Mitch Trubisky isn't that good. He's fine. I, I still don't think Mitch has been the worst. Like, he's not – He's not he's not Blake Bortles. He's not throwing fourteen picks a game. You know what? Like he still can be effective, um, and, and the weapons surrounding him just weren't that good last year. You know, I think we we've you you and I have talked about this since day one, uh, especially in the first the, the Packers game of last year where the open open the season like we who got better last year uh, on that offense except for maybe Allen Robinson who got better nobody. So you're asking Mitch to do everything when he's not that good. Like, <laughs> let's let's pump the brakes a little bit. But um, I, I think we really summed up why we think the Bears are going to beat the, the Lions this week. I, I, I'm certainly comfortable with saying that I think this offense will play competently enough. And, you know, it is disappointing that, that Khalil Mack is, is questionable to play um, and that Robert Quinn is sounds like he's going to be doubtful to play on Sunday. So I'm, I'm a little wary of that. But I still think overall, from top to bottom, the, the Bears have a better roster than than the Lions do. And I like Matt Nagy as a head coach more than I do Matt Patricia. Well, that's, that, that's right. And that's what I was just going to say, because I think, I guess, as I'm thinking of it, you think of like the Mark Tressman Bears, when the bottom fell out, the team just completely gave up. Last year, this team had every reason to give up midway through the year. But Matt Nagy, say what you will about his play calling. We all have our gripes with it. He is a fucking leader of men. You won't hear anything negative about that. The players love him. He's a player's guy. Ownership loves him. His other coaches love him. He knows how to lead. So this team isn't going to give up. And that's why I think with the defensive talent, I guess going back to like the last place finish, that's why I can't see that because I can't see these guys giving up on Matt Nagy. Now, yeah. if, you know, if Tressman's here, if John Fox is here, I could see from that regression them continuing. But, I mean, Nagy got eight wins out of this team with a bunch of injuries and an you know, awful quarterback play. I just don't see it. I think we see a constant at the very least with the defense, if not an uptick in turnovers and us winning probably, you know, nine games, even if we win seven or eight, it's going to look better, I think, than last year, just visually. So it's not just about the win total for me. And I think these players, 
are too invested in this to to let themselves be they're they're gonna see all this stuff as bulletin i don't like the phrase bulletin board material that much but i think that um guys like akeem hicks and eddie jackson and khalil mack and alan robinson when they see that their team is being picked to finish three and 13 uh (laughs) i think these players are going to want to prove the critics wrong wouldn't you agree no i I agree and i think the other thing and this will be my last point uh and we can move on unless you want to make a final point about it i think on on the you know the flip side of everything the bears had like five wasn't it five or six nationally televised games last year yeah, so that that puts a bullseye on their back as well, right? Yeah, Other they got everyone the best last year. Yeah, that's what I mean. That that that's the point. Not to say like they looked at us as world beaters. I think it was the opposite. I think they're like these guys got five or six national televised games with fucking Mitch Trubisky. Echo. We're gonna <laughs> mop the floor. Like we have a, we have a chance on Monday Night Football to play Mitch Trubisky. You know what I mean? Like, and, and I think there is a little bit of some of that that went into last year too. That like the pressure is kind of off now that we have a yeah. bunch of noon games that. Only Bears fans will be watching. You know what I mean? Like, well, that I mean that that was what we were worried about last year was that kind of you know it's it's too early to to be jumping to to this bold prediction. Like we you know it's difficult that they they overachieved in 2018. They definitely underachieved in 2019. So I'm curious to see what they can do this year. But that's enough about the Bears. Um, The last note of of newsworthy note I think is to mention that it sounds like Kenny Galladay is going to miss. Uh, yep. The game on Sunday, so that's definitely a helpful, helpful thing for the Bears, uh, the Bears defense. Let's, uh, let's, let's just, you know, start. We'll go, we'll go game by game here. Um, I don't know what order you did it, and I did it by NFL.com's list of the scheduled games. So it'll yeah. be all the Gooners. You can lead if it's not in the same order. I can find it. That's fine. Um, we got Philadelphia at Washington, uh, the Washington Football Team. Finally, that's what they're called, which is good. Uh, I'm going with the Eagles in this one, Frank. How about you? Yeah, I'm going with the Eagles as well. I think it'll be a pretty easy game. I uh, hold on, hold on. I, I we were the plan was to kind of just go game by game and just kind of quickly uh, go through it, but uh, <laughs> I think we need to pump the brakes. You think the Eagles are going to run away with this? Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. I mean, you think well, Washington has a shot? I think if Haskins is is has improved a good amount. I, I like Ron Rivera as the head coach a lot more than I like Jay Gruden. Um, I agree. That defense is better than I think people will give it credit for. Uh, they're not great, but I think there's a lot of solid players, you know, up and down on that roster. But um, there's some pieces to that offense that I, I actually know. really like. And I agree. Yeah, I, I think, mean, I, I think Washington is still a year or two away from taking that next step into um, being a competitive team. I like Dwayne Haskins a lot. I, like- I I agree with you in terms of like I'm not saying they're going to be Super Bowl contenders, but Philadelphia has these just weird games every year where they just like they just play very strangely, and Washington has the home field advantage of of having no fans. They they're used to playing like that, so that is true. Uh, yeah, but uh, I, I'm curious. I still have the Eagles winning. I just don't know if it'll be a cakewalk like like you think it will be, but. Curious to see how that one plays out. Um, this one I don't really want to talk about that much. <laughs> Miami at New England. Uh, Frank, I'm taking the Patriots in this one. How about you? Uh, yeah, I'm going Patriots as well. I'm, I just want to see Cam in that offense, and you know, I, I I wonder if we'll see Tua this year. But until he plays, I'm not interested in the Dolphins team. That's yeah. The biggest candidate for regression is going to be Devonte Parker, right? No way he does. I, I don't. I don't have. He, he's he's letting down a lot of fantasy owners this yeah. year. 
yeah, I, I, Bill I, Belichick, I, yeah, Bill Belichick at home, please. Like, yeah, it, come on. But uh, all right, we'll we'll talk about a division game here. Uh, Green Bay at Minnesota. Uh, Frank, who you got in this one? Uh, I'm going Green Bay in, in a really classic week one game. I think it's going to be tooth and nail. I think it'll be a very, very good game. I think I will say this. I don't see why Minnesota doesn't do exactly what San Francisco did uh, in the, the NFC championship game and just try to run it down. Now, will it work? We don't know. But I'm expecting Delvin Cook and uh, Alexander Madison to get like 45 combined carries. Yeah, I'm going with uh, Minnesota in this one uh, at home. I know the home field advantage won't play too much into it, but um, I think Minnesota got better this year, whereas I think Green Bay just either got worse or just stayed stagnant. I just I'm not a fan of the Green Bay roster. Um, obviously, I'll still be picking them to win in a few weeks, but uh, it, not in this one. I think Minnesota, like you said, Dalvin Cook is just going to run it right down their throats and and win this game. Uh, Indy at Jacksonville, Frank. Who you got? Indy. I have Indy. I have Indy, and probably a. Another that's an easy one for me. Yeah, I, I'm gonna go the Colts as well. I don't think that should be a big surprise to anybody. Um, I think the Colts defense is really gonna show up this week, and I, I'm really curious to see how how Philip Rivers gets the ball to Ty Hilton because I mean people have said that that Philip Rivers still has a strong arm, but based off what we saw last year, I don't I don't know if that's the case. I mean, that, him and Drew Brees have noodles out there. I mean, they're 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 getting by with their with their football <laughs> IQ at this point. But the, but the run game of the, the combo of Mac and, and Taylor, I think it's just going to be fascinating to watch. And I, I don't think this one will be all that close, to be honest with you. Um, all right. Now we got Las Vegas Raiders for the first time ever. The, the Las Vegas Raiders in Carolina. Frank, who are you going there? I am going with Carolina. Um, I think I think that has like a sneaky potential to be the best, the best game of the week. Really? Yeah, I do. I, I, I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued by that matchup. I really liked, I mean, I was really excited with the rumors of the Bears getting Teddy Bridgewater. Um, I guess like the memory, the last few memories that I have of Teddy are really doing well in his last season in Minnesota and then having a fucking hot streak in the middle of Drew Brees being hurt last year and just torching yeah. the Bears. And I mean, he looked good, man. I mean, I, I like him. I think he's one of those guys that the Panthers will probably win six, seven games maybe, but I think he's going to be a highlight. And everyone always talks about, oh, we, he's a checkdown guy. And, like, he has the best checkdown player in the fucking league. I mean, if he's just a checkdown guy, Christian McCaffrey is just going to go off for, like, 2,500 total yards again. I mean, what right. are we talking about right now? Right. I, 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 think, the, I think the Panthers are going to have a big week, but I'm going to go with the Raiders here. Um, I'm, I'm really excited to see how that Raiders offense operates with, you know, with the new weapons, Henry Ruggs, Brian Edwards. Um, you know, Derek Carr finally has a running back, you know, and Josh Jacobs. Uh, and I think that defense is, is going to be a little bit better than people think, a little more stout. But, um, yeah, I'm going to go with the Raiders, but I can definitely see the Panthers winning. This was definitely a toss-up uh, toss for me. Um, not so much of a toss-up here, Frank. Uh, the Jets at Buffalo. Uh, I'm going to go with the Bills in this one. Um, how about you? I'm going Bills as well. Yeah, I mean, that's I, I, that, I'm going to be hard-pressed to find weeks where I'm picking an Adam Gase-led team for a It's win. just such a shame because Sam Darnold just seems to be stuck in, in these just terrible offenses that just yeah. don't suit him. And I mean, I, I hope his career doesn't become that, where it's just this super talented guy that never really had someone, you know, yeah. to, to, to help him out at all. Yeah. All right, um, and then I'm so now we got uh, Cleveland at Baltimore. Uh, I think this is a pretty easy one, Frank. Can I assume you're going to go with Baltimore as well? I'm going. I'm going Baltimore. Yeah, I'm going yeah. Baltimore. 
Cool. Uh, Seattle at Atlanta. I'm going to take the Falcons in this one, Frank. How about you? I'm going Seattle. Yeah, I'm going Seattle. That was one that I looked at that I thought would be uh, fairly easy as well. Um, I I think I, I, I was kind of going back and forth with this one a little bit. Um, I'm curious to see what Falcons team we get. Are we going to get end of season last year team, which was just really good? Or are we going to get the beginning where they're just real bad? But I don't ever like Seattle for whatever reason. When they travel to the East Coast, they just seem to have a lot of issues. I don't know what it is, um, but I just like the Falcons' offense just so much, especially in the dome. I, I don't know. I, I, I want to see how Todd Gurley plays as well. I'm excited to see how that offense runs through him. Um, yeah, I'm going to go with the Falcons, though. Yeah, I think um, Lovey Smith, I think, has got me like – I have like PTSD from like winning the fourth quarter of the season and then thinking that's going to roll over into the next season. I just think Atlanta's a bad, especially on defense. I know they ended their defense ended the year phenomenally, but yeah. I just don't buy it. Like I, I just remember being a kid every year. Like we did, you know, win our last five games to be seven and nine instead of fucking losing to get a good quarterback. <laughs> like we're we're gonna do it this year. I just I don't. I've never loved Seattle. I don't know what it is. Even when they were great, I'm like just. For some reason, that offense just throws me off. Dude, uh, I don't, I don't know. Know. They win every game 12 to 8, and <laughs> Russell Wilson has like 400 yards and four touchdowns in the same game. And it, yeah. I like, how? In a game, yeah, in a game where they score 12 points, right. Yeah, it, exactly. It no sense. They have the weirdest offense of all time. Yeah. Uh, no, but I'll, I'll be curious to see that one. Um, and then one of the uh, one of the more undesirable games, in my opinion, is the Chargers at Cincinnati. Uh, Frank, who you got in this one? I uh, <laughs> I have the Bengals in this one. I think um, absolutely. I'm taking the Bengals as yeah, well. <laughs> yeah, I, I I mean, at this point, the only thing to like about the Chargers is well, I, they're, they're, the front seven is good, but I just think they're going to have a really one of those super bland offenses um, with like you and you won't think that way because fantasy wise, they're going to have a few guys like Eckler's going to be good and Keenan Allen will be really good. But like, I just don't. Yeah. yeah I just with, don't, with, I, Herman, with, with a couple key pieces on the defense being hurt. Um, I, I looked at this one more as a quarterback matchup. Uh, and obviously I think Joe Burrows is going to be a better quarterback than Tyrod Taylor. Um, if Tyrod Taylor actually plays the full game. Uh, I think people forget that the Bengals actually have some good offensive pieces like Joe Mixon, uh, T Higgins, AJ Green, of course, um, Boyd as well. Like, yeah, like they have some good offensive weapons that I think people kind of just forget about. Um, but I think the Chargers are good as well. But I, I went quarterback matchup. I, I want to see how the rookie plays. Yeah, same. And then uh, we got Arizona at San Francisco. Um, I believe this is one of the later games of the afternoon on Sunday uh, since it's out in the West Coast. Uh, Frank, who are you going with this one? I'm curious. Uh, so I know before we you know, got going, we talked about a big upset, and this is my big upset. I'm going Cardinals over Niners. Frank, we just think too much alike. This was my big upset of the week as well. Uh, I when, when I when we both brought up us having one big upset. You, you and I have been very similar mindsets in terms of, of the 49ers just not being as good as, as people think that they are. And I don't know, man, like they, they're, they're going to be without Debo Samuel. Um, it sounds like Brandon Ayuk is going to be injured as well. So Jimmy Garoppolo has even less weapons to work with than he normally does. Um, I just think the Cardinals, like 
man, that, that offense is going to be fun, right? Like they're just going to put up points. You got Hop, you got Larry Fitzgerald still, you got Andy Isabella, you got some good weapons in there. Uh, Kenny Drake, it's just going to be fun. And I think the Cardinals are going to take some people and, and catch them off guard, especially if Kyler Murray takes that next step uh, that I need him to for, for, <laughs> for fantasy purposes. Yeah. I look at, you know what, I look at the Niners and I kind of compare last year to the early success that the Russell Wilson-led Seahawks had early in his career. And I just don't view Jimmy G as the same kind of guy that I did and do of Russell Wilson. Right. Meaning like, that defense is eventually going to get a little bit older. You know, they don't have any like solidified weapons for Jimmy G, but I also like, so eventually he's going to have to take that step. And I just don't see it for him. Whereas like Russell Wilson, we kind of saw it where like, we know, and even like a big Ben is another example. Defense won a lot early, but then as he got older, he really picked up NFL defenses and lit the league on fire. I just don't see that with Jimmy G. I just think like, as they rely more on him, they're going to get worse. Right. Now, I don't think they have a true bell cow back the way that, that Seattle did with Marshawn Lynch for, for those years, like where yeah. Russell was and, and uh, Jerome Bettis for your Steelers comp. And it's like, I like Mostert and I like some of the other running backs that they have, but I, I, none of them are a true bell cow. So I'm, I'll be curious. That, that one, I think, is going to be a lot of fun. Um, but yeah, both going Arizona. That's interesting. That's really interesting. But uh, Tampa Bay at New Orleans in the Dome. Frank, who you got in this one? Uh, I'm going Saints. For me, it was more of a continuity thing. I mean, you have the same old Saints that you've had for the past 300 years versus a brand new, you know, a, a, a whole new look team. And it's hard for me to go against that for, for this particular matchup. It's just weird. Like the Saints were bad for a couple of years, but then they bounce right back. And then they're still now they're one of the best teams again, like all around great offense, defense, like just weapons all over the field. I'm taking the Saints as well. In the dome, it, it's always difficult to to choose the, to go against the Saints in the super in the Superdome. I, I don't know. I don't know. It'll be a fun game for sure. I, I want to see the Buccaneers' offense go, but without Mike Evans, I think that's a big blow to them. To be honest with you, uh, we'll see what Rob Gronkowski and Tom Brady have left in the tank. But um, yeah, I think the Saints are the obvious choice in this one. All right, then we got the Sunday night game: Dallas at the at LA Rams. Frank, who you got in this one? Um, I have the Cowboys in this one. I have the Cowboys in this one. I know I'm high on the Rams going in, but I mean, adding CD Lamb to that offense that was already <laughs> what were they top two? Top? I mean, they that offense was humming last year. Yeah. Um, and I still, I just, I, I even though I'm high, so I'm contradicting a little bit of what I said last year. I still do in terms of picking them against a team that I do view as elite, it's tough because I do want to see the adjustments that Sean McVay has has made because it's clear to me that golf isn't, you know, uh, how I described Patrick Mahomes in which he, he knows what he's seeing. He can di- diagnose things. So I, I, I got to see McVay really, you know, elevate them again. And I don't think week one's the, the week to do it against the Cowboys. Yeah, I'm going Cowboys as well. Uh, offense, I think the defense will be a little bit better too. Um to be honest with you, but I just like skill players on the on the Cowboys, and I think they're playing with a better quarterback. Um, plus, they have the added advantage of not having Jason Garrett hamstring them anymore. Um, yeah. I really want to see how Mike McCarthy really takes over that offense if he lets Kellen Moore kind of keep building that rapport with uh, with Dak Prescott. But yeah, I think you'll see a, a classic Packers style offense with 
um, similar looking players. If I'm being honest with you, I don't think Dak has the same arm strength that Rogers has, but I mean, he's, he's good in a lot of other areas. So yeah, I'm going Cowboys, uh, even though they're on the road, I don't think it's really an advantage for the Rams, um, to be on the road, but yeah, I, I think Dallas is going to win that one. Then we got two Monday nighters as is the tradition of, of the, uh, of, of the first week of the NFL season. We got some kind of weird games, honestly, but that's typical for Monday night. Um, we got Pittsburgh at New York Giants. Uh, Frank, who are you taking in that? I mean, this this may be a, been the easiest one for me. I'm going Pittsburgh. I mean, that Giants defense <laughs> is awful. I'm not really bought in on Daniel Jones. Uh, you got hey, big guys hey, coming. Back. Hey, don't don't diss my boy Daniel. Okay, don't don't do that. I don't believe in Daniel Dimes. I'm Thank going Steelers. You're wrong, but uh, I'm also going Steelers. But <laughs> <laughs> but for for fantasy purposes, I'll be rooting like hell for the Giants to to at least put up some numbers in the fourth quarter because um, I don't think it's going to be close. I, I can't wait to see Big Ben back in that offense. Um, you know, with Juju, I want to see how Chase Claypool kind of transitions. I hope uh, James Washington will. You know, hopefully he'll be. He might need to put on one of those like red practice jerseys on so Ben can actually see him and throw him the ball because. For whatever reason, he just doesn't like them. Um, but yeah, no, I think the Steelers offensively, defensively, just a much better team than the Giants, um, which is why I'm so curious why this game got picked for Monday night. Like, I, I don't I don't get it. I don't understand it. I mean, I think you, there's a few that you can really – I mean, you could probably put the Saints-Bucks there, the Cardinals-Niners. I mean, there are better matchups for Monday. Well, honestly, that I'm surprised that Tampa Bay-New Orleans wasn't the Sunday night game. I, yeah. I really was surprised by that to see that the that Dallas, not even in Dallas, but in LA. I just thought that was strange. That's a strange choice. Um, final game of the week one uh, NFL season for 2020-2021, uh, Tennessee at Denver. Frank, who are you taking in this one? Um, I went with Denver, but that was before the Cortland Sutton. I made these picks on Tuesday. Um, I think he went down on Thursday. So that that's shaky, but I'm gonna stick with it. I'm gonna go Broncos. I think I'm just not high on the Titans. Like, I just don't think they can replicate what they did last year. And it comes down to the quarterback. Like we just know that he is more than likely gonna come back down to earth. Like I yeah. just don't have that much faith in Ryan Tannehill. Like I, I I don't see him. And I just think that defenses are really gonna zone in. I mean, I know we saw quite a bit of eight uh eight man fronts against Derrick Henry, but they're going to get even more creative than that and really make him beat them. You know, play action isn't going to be as effective this year just because it's almost impossible to do what he did for the last eight weeks of the season. You know what I mean? And I think yeah. I think the beginning of the of the downfall for them is going to be week one, a week one loss. Yeah, I'm going with Denver as well, uh, to be honest with you. I think even without Cortland Sutton, if he doesn't play, I still think um, – I think Jerry Judy is really going to surprise people as a rookie wide receiver. I know those uh, that transition is a little bit more difficult – um, but I think there's just so many skill players around him that I think it kind of helps. Uh, Drew Locke is, I think he's going to have a, a pretty good season. Um, and I just think Vic Fangio is the worst possible matchup week one in Denver. I have always have a tough time picking teams going into Denver to beat them uh, just because it's such a tough place to play. And especially with COVID, <laughs> everything like that, like who knows what the fuck's going to happen. Um, but with that being said, like, I, I agree with you. I don't think Tennessee is going to be this this phenomenal team again. And Ryan Tannehill, she's not that good. I just don't buy it. I need to see more. I don't think we will. But, um, yeah, I'm going to go with Denver as well. Um, 
but yeah, that'll that'll pretty much do it uh, in terms of game picks. Um, you know, feel free to comment. Let us know what you thought was uh, was wrong or, or right. Um, you know, Frank absolutely was just horribly wrong um, with the with the Texans pick, and I'll I'll let him know that for for a while. Don't you guys worry. My account um, got hacked. Yeah, yeah, the account got hacked. Yeah, but by me, it it was me. I'll, hands hands up to this guy. Uh, it was me. Um, but no, thank you guys for listening. We we appreciate it. Um, this is probably the length we're gonna try <laughs> try and keep these podcasts uh, for a while. But um, we appreciate you listening to last week's episode. Um, please like and subscribe and and rate on the wherever you find this podcast if that's how you're listening to it. Um, other than that, Frank, it's just good to have football back, man. I agree. I'm excited. Week one is upon us, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, and if you need any bad dynasty football advice, I'll be I'll be here all the time on Twitter at Jack underscore Savio five. Uh, he's Frank Naris at Frankie G Lyrical. Uh, feel free to comment and ask any you know start sitems um, if you want to get it wrong, and I'll help you out with it. No problem. <laughs> for sure. Thanks for listening, everyone. All right, Frankie. I'll talk to you next week, man. Later. Let's go, Bears. <laughs>